Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your belief systems, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individuals' stories. Karen, before we get into today's show, let's start things off with show notes. Yes, Kelly and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com, or email us at info at We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show in every series is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The remaining four shows can be found at patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There is a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for the patrons in our top tier, we're giving away a free half-hour channeling session with one of us every month. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now on to today's show. Good morning and welcome back everyone. Hi everyone. Today's a really exciting day uh, for both Karen and I. We have a guest back on the show. She's one of our absolute favorites. She's been on many times talking about her herd of horses on the farm. We are welcoming back Carmen Theobald. Now Carmen will keep you enthralled from start to finish just because she's one of those people that could put you to sleep with the gentleness of her voice. (laughs) True. You will just be mesmerized just listening to her talk, I'm sure. So for Saturday morning in your tea or your coffee, this is going to be a lovely talk, just on that alone. Mm -hmm. But Carmen also has this amazing way of telling a story about her own herd and her own life on the farm with her partner, and yet somehow you're going to be able to pull out your own lessons out of all of this, and she does it with humor, and she just brings all of Carmen to the table, which just means you'll be glued to this show to the last second. Yes, we're extremely uh, proud to call her a friend first and foremost, and happy to offer her to you as our guest. Carmen Theobald, welcome. Hello, Carmen. So glad you're back again on the show. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Karen. I am super happy to be back on your show. Yeah. So as we were mentioning in our intro, um, you have asked to come back to tell a really unique story. No, I asked Carmen. 
you were asked to come back on the show to tell a really unique story, mm-hmm. um, which I have asked to know nothing about. It was yeah. between the two of you. So I'm really sitting here as a co-host and audience member, um, excited for, for what unfolded in your personal session with Karen. And I want to say that I feel like I'm an audience member <laughs> as well. Because I know that this was booked in our agenda to record this with you today, this gorgeous Saturday in February at one o'clock in the afternoon. But I do not remember what this session was about. She's reminded me this morning that it has to do with the horses. (laughs) And uh, honestly, Carmen, I can't remember what about the horses. So I believe you. Okay. (laughs) So we're going to, you're really going to have to run this podcast today. We have full confidence that you can Mm -hmm. and will. Um, Yeah. So can we hand it over to you? Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for that. I, uh, it was really fun that you asked me during our session or the end of our session, Karen, and I uh, anticipated, and you also prepared me that you would remember nothing. So that's fun. It's fun for me too, because (laughs) the more I get to know you, the more I see that and find it a humorous, enjoyable piece of Karen. And it's been a struggle, Kelly, to not share things with you. I believe that. I've been containing myself (laughs) (laughs) so that I can share it fresh today. Yeah. Okay. Take it away. So I called uh, Karen to set up an appointment or email to actually to set up an appointment. And the reason for our call was that I had um, a new horse that was potentially going to come to our farm as a boarder, which means that there's an owner of the horse who is not me, um, but I was going to be looking after this horse and potentially doing some training and work with the human and the horse. but it's a big deal. It's a really big deal to integrate a horse into our herd. Um, and for any of your listeners um, who have already heard me on the podcast, perhaps you've already heard my chatting a little bit about spring. And um, I don't think this has actually been talked about yet on the podcast. Although we had some amazing experiences with spring and you, Karen, helped us get through some really hard times with her. She came through them unbelievably well. Unfortunately, several months later, we did have to put her down. So um, that was another experience that I'm not going to talk too much about on this podcast today, but that I did also get your support to that was so incredibly helpful because it affirmed everything I was seeing and gave me all of the necessary emotional um, encouragement and courage to make that difficult decision. So we let spring go. Spring passed away this, this last summer. And so we went from a herd of four down to a herd of three. And there was lots of grieving involved from all the humans and all the horses here on the farm. And it was a positive experience on the whole, but of course, difficult nonetheless. And uh, we've all really settled into this new number, right? Having the three of us, the three horses and two humans and two cats um, and having all of that going on here. So things were really quite peaceful and settled. And I'm saying that because when I consider bringing a new horse into the mix, that can kind of turn things upside down. (laughs) So there was a piece of hesitation on my end of maybe not wanting to do that um, to the herd, especially not knowing for sure how long this horse was going to stay. Because again, it's a border. It's not my own horse that I'm saying I'm giving you this 
lifelong home here. It's worth whatever potential upheaval this may cause. Um, and so there was a lot of kind of question marks about it, even though my internal voice was saying, this is right, you need to do this. I call you and connect with both of you because it really helps to get the affirmations I need to have that much more courage to move forward in the decisions I'm making in my life. Um, so that's exactly what I got. <laughs> and I'm excited to kind of share a little bit about that story with your listeners. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this new horse's name is Peyote. And um, just to kind of give context again, our other three horses that we have here already are Grace, Atticus, and Flurry. So Grace, Atticus, and Flurry are the herd of three, and Peyote is the herd member in question. So I call you and speak to you, Karen, and I didn't want to give you too much. I, I do my best to not withhold. Of course, if you're asking for clarity or affirmations, I want to offer them, but I also don't want to over uh, inform you so that you can have the opportunity. Um, so I just said there's a potential new event. <laughs> I want oh, to. Oh, <laughs> so you did not explain that. No, I said nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I said there's a potential new event, and I would really like to check in with the horses because it's not just about, you know, is this going to cause upheaval in my life? I want to make sure that our horses feel good about this change and that I can also maybe get some insights to support them through the change if it's what's meant to be. Um, and you immediately said, oh, soul contracts, and there's a new horse. So you were right on the money from the very second we started the show. Oh, not the show, the session. <laughs> we right. made that mistake too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, and so even though I'm not surprised by this anymore with you, it's still really fun. And of course, it filled me with, with all the... Um, it just set the stage for having a really positive session with you, which was wonderful. Um, so I just said, yep, yeah, please uh, go for it. And um, all the horses presented themselves to you, the three that we have here, Grace, Atticus, and Flurry. And um, we ended up speaking, or you ended up speaking to Flurry's spirit first. And what you described is so much of what we were seeing with him. And you said that this was a really important piece of uh, his soul contract to learn how to accept change and be comfortable with um, changes in his environment, that he's had some bad experiences with that. But part of his learning and growth here is to understand that he's actually safe and things are okay and change is part of life and we have to just kind of roll with it sometimes. So. It could be bad because he could resist the actual changing flurry the horse but flurry horse's spirit or flurry's spirit <laughs> is um is wanting to to learn that lesson but um you couldn't really give me any for sure yeses or nos um and that was okay but it was really important that uh, that i heard that it was also a beautiful affirmation for me and i'm excited to share this with you that that's so much what we see with him on a day-to-day -day basis, that since he's come to the farm, um, he's had a lot of anxiety about change. He's been to many different farms in his life. He's had lots mm -hmm. of different um, people doing different jobs with him and different paddock mates. And although he's done his very best to kind of mold into those situations and everyone sees him as a really good boy, 
Mm. He carried a tremendous amount of internal anxiety and stress with that, mm. which when he first arrived, um, it was clear what a golden hearted horse he was, but he was struggling to kind of come out of his shell. And what I mean by that is having those moments of interaction where he was really using his voice with me, even though he doesn't have a speaking voice where he's really kind of communicating his wants and desires and likes and dislikes and um, needs and just general engagement with life and with the people around him. It was kind of toned down because it was all masked by this blanket weight of anxiety. So as he spent more and more time here, yeah, Kelly. Yeah, I wanna just insert myself here because you're saying mm-hmm. it was a wonderful affirmation because that's what you've observed in Flurry so far. Mm-hmm. But as a listener, I'm hearing that his sole contract is to learn and accept change and understand that he's safe, mm-hmm. which to me is a really beautiful affirmation yeah. for you and your partner as humans yeah. to know that you've actually laid that foundation for him to have that experience if he accepts it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's just beautiful. And and I know what tremendous work that takes. And I think any parent who's listening will understand this as well, or hopefully is is waking up to understand that experience um, of how hard you have to work to to create the feeling of safety and love Mm -hmm. so that your kid can experience change Mm -hmm. and and individuate. Yeah. Proud Mm -hmm. of you. Mm -hmm. It's a gift to be able to do this kind of work with them. And to have them be such accurate mirrors for my own part to play, of course, it's still up to him. And just like anyone we're working with or learning with, we're not completely responsible by any stretch to their responses and reactions. And yet they can still provide such accurate in the moment reflections to what we're offering. And that's why I really say that they're, they're my best teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was really helpful with you, Kelly, Um, another little side note about Flurry, when he, shortly after he first came to the farm, I had a great session with you about him. I don't know if you recall that. Nope. (laughs) I'm growing more and more to be like Karen. (laughs) (laughs) It's really fun to be able to share the stories I got to experience with my friends and then tell them again to my friends as new things. No kidding. (laughs) It's almost like the drunk stories where you're like, yeah, you were there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. He said no, no alcohol required and no one got harmed. Yeah. These are my favorite kind of drug stories. <laughs> For sure. Sorry, go on. No, it's okay. So you, you actually helped me um, see certain things more clearly about uh, purpose in our relationship there when he first oh. came. So there was an intentionality as well on top of what I was seeing just in my own observations. But you mm-hmm. also gave a really, really nice piece of that when I connected with you about Flurry a few years ago now. Thank you. Happy to hear that. Very good. Yeah, for sure. So over the years that Fleury's been here, um, we've really seen so much more of that change coming out in him, really seeing so much more of his openness um, to things and his ability to show dislike about something and have a communication with us about it in a healthier way where he's still respecting my need for space and safety, but he can say, no, that doesn't feel good. And I'm like, okay, well, what does? And kind of have that kind of interaction with him. And through those moments, um, just the brightness in his eye and his sense of humor and his, you know, the quality of interaction have, have, has really improved and changed. And yet, 
there's still these underlying layers, right? Because just like us, they have layers upon layers of, of dealing with our emotional baggage. So when we first had these ideas of bringing peyote to the farm as a new horse here, um, Aquila had a really powerful experience with him in the barn where he envisioned peyote coming and envisioned Flurry having to actually move stalls because for peyote to arrive, our barn's a little bit of a funny setup. I'll do my best to describe it without getting too bogged down into the details. But there's four areas for horses, four stalls, but one of the stalls isn't really a stall. It's more of like a big main area. And in order for this new horse to arrive, she would have to go into the stall that Flurry was currently in or was in at that time. And then that would mean Flurry's actually moving bedrooms. <laughs> and in this new bedroom, there's a lot of benefits for him in the sense that he has more space. He can actually touch noses with any of the horses if he chooses, but he has enough room to give himself the distance that he doesn't have to be bugged by them. Um, he has a lot more interaction with the people uh, while we're doing the feed routines and this and that. So he gets little extras here and there because we're always passing him by. So there's a lot of positives. And yet when Aquila first kind of mentally projected the image of this change, he had a really intense physical re reaction. He backed up to the back of his stall and brought his head arched up way high and like tensed his whole body and shook. So I'm just going to clarify for listeners, because you're talking that Aquila was physically in the barn at that point, having that vision of what was going to come. And Flurry is responding as Aquila is having this vision. Exactly. No yeah. words spoken. No words spoken. All visualizations. I'm going to use the word telepathically between human being and horse. Yes. Oh, and Aquila is my husband. I don't know if I said that, but I should mention that piece. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes, exactly. Um, as you guys both know so well, um, animals are completely tuned into all the same things that our spirits are. And they're much better at it sometimes than our human selves because they don't have all the, <laughs> all the bullshit in front of our eyes. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes. So it's something Aquila and I both work really hard on in our own personal lives. And of course, with our animals. So I was really glad that Aquila had this moment with him. Um, and this experience where Flurry backed up and, and had this really intense negative physical response to that image, we've never seen him do that. That is not something he's accustomed, like his way of kind of shutting down if his anxiety gets big is just to kind of tune you out. And it's almost, he's a bit dull in the senses, but that was like a really extreme response for him to do. And when Aquila went, no, no, Flurry, like, I, I, or, or I hear you, like, it's, it's really hard. Um, change is, is scary, but this is an upgrade. Like, think of this as an upgrade because of all these reasons that I shared before of how it would be actually better. And he, this is how Aquila describes it. Aqu Flurry's head kind of tilted as if to say upgrade and <laughs> took a couple of steps forward, put his head down and then just like shook it off and shook it off and shook it off so it's not a shaking like a tension like quivering right it's full body you know <laughs> for yeah. your audio listeners that probably sound really funny but but just the whole body shake off and he had a several of those in a row to kind of release some of this tension I love that yeah I mm. just love how you're describing that the horse knows how to release 
his own tension. And I think about like in our book club um, on Facebook, how we're talking about anger and we're talking about how to release the emotion. And we're having these discussions around how do you release that? What does that look like for each of you? In a healthy way. In a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. So key, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then you're saying horses, he, like Flurry just knows exactly what to do. How beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And, and so respectfully to yeah. this human who's trying to negotiate. Maybe that's a great, mm-hmm. a great term and be collaborative in the process of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So Aquila shared this with me and actually this piece with Kelly too. We were on a little chat. It was very fun. Um, but I still hadn't had the call with you, Karen. So when you shared that piece about flurry and his soul's contract about learning how to accept and appreciate change, Mm. this had already happened. And that was so cool because it was a real affirmation for me woven into insight about what was coming. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So then we moved on to grace and I'm going to, preemptively say that of all the horses I expected her to have the least potential challenge because her and I have such a closeness like if there's a horse that I could say mirrors my personal heart the most and are similar things in life even in certain ways it's her and so I know her so well but that can also create blind spots for me Mm. So it was great when you checked in with her. <laughs> your first thing you said is, uh, oh, she's really bossy. I was like, hmm, yep. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> okay. And how um, you elaborated to talk about that she can actually be quite a dangerous horse if she decided to be. And she has access to her switch, that she has a switch that she can turn off and on. And generally, she decides to live in a really beautiful mannered way and really compassionate and caring. And she looks out for the other herd members. She's this matriarch. She's she's really um, giving them what they need and supporting them and also keeping them in line, but in really beautiful, healthy ways. But she has a switch. And if she decides to turn it on, she can be really dangerous. And you're complete. You're completely right. Um, and I—that's actually part of me too. That's part of my dark side that I have to like be mindful of and be aware of and know mm. my inner dragon, so to speak. Um, so it was, you know, I think Grace and I have both done so much work on ourselves and together that I wasn't thinking about that bringing this new horse in because I've also seen her integrate other new horses with such grace literally and um again with that mothering quality she has and uh and so I thought for sure that I I could kind of tick her off as one of the ones to just move forward without too much concern and you brought up some really interesting points to consider so I'm excited to share a little bit more about how things actually went I'm going to pause on that you know outcome but I'll just say that I really appreciated that you brought some of that back to my attention and back into my awareness so that it could not be such a blind spot in that moment 
Isn't that interesting about a blind spot? Yeah. And I think Carmen too, like the humility for you to be able to go, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's, that's something that I'm aware of that I can access that. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, what's the term that predator in an Mm -hmm. maybe unproductive way at some points, but also know how to use it productively. Um, I'm hoping I'm using this term properly, Uh, but then to not be defensive about it and just go, right. That's a piece. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say it's like actually part of our um, unhealthy dominant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. So the predator, um, just in case any listeners want to go back and, and listen to the five roles or they have, or they're interested in it. The predator is really about a permanent ending. Mm, okay. It's about using our assertiveness and our power to push and our power to divide. And um, that's a really important quality. We need, we all need access to that dominant role. Mm-hmm. And Grace and I, we found a tremendous amount of strength in that role to support our health and well-being and healing. <laughs> and yet we have to be careful with it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Carmen, on a the other side note, um, and the owl energy presents in the spirit world your blind spots. So if you journey or if you like to know about your power animals then when you're trying to face that or have that presented so that life gets healthier, the owl's energy helps us. Mm, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Oh, I love sharing that. I, I, I um, yeah, maybe that's just my own interest, but I, I love knowing which of the animals in the spirit world come in to help us at different times with different things in our life and their purposes. So now if you happen to go around and all of a sudden you start seeing owls, it's super fun because they're validating what you're working on. Oh, that's great. I, 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 I love that too. Okay. Share good. as much of that as you can. Oh, <laughs> I will continue then. Thank you for okay, the great. invitation. My pleasure. Um, so you're, you expressed quite a bit of concern around grace and said mm-hmm. she could be okay but she also has a lot of guarding around her heart and that's part of where this switch is coming from is because she's experienced a lot of loss so when we had to put spring down um if anyone wants to watch a little video of spring i have one on my website Uh, it's horsesensenorth.com and it's under meet the horses so i have a little about section and meet the horses you can find a video of spring there and it's kind of a memorial video Um, and what you'll see in that and what i'll describe to you is how how spring really was very much adopted by grace and grace is this massive 17 three-hand horse which means that her her neck is taller than i am (laughs) Um, never mind if she puts her head way up in the air and spring is this tiny little miniature horse so it was really cute to see the two of them together and she completely adopted her like she was her foal and when spring um passed away that was a real hard loss for her and grace has also lost another foal of her own um, that she birthed and 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 died um, in a really traumatic way and grace has also experienced other kinds of loss with other herd mates with um you know terrible life circumstances so although she's come so far with us and in our herd and she's so soft and open and loving um I, I can completely see, and I loved affirming for you right now, Karen, what you were saying in that mm-hmm. session where part of her um, guardedness and potential bitchiness, which could turn into a dangerousness, mm-hmm. um, is from this place of a guarded heart. And 
it was uh, it was just really good to to hear that and mm-hmm. and to reaffirm what I've seen in her life mm-hmm. course. So in saying that, you you said sometimes we have to just be able to tell grandma that she's being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is a direct quote. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Wow, I really have to appreciate channeling when it's at its finest. <laughs> Thanks, Kurt. My pleasure. It was great. Um, and it was also with this kind of lightness, but and warning of, you know, yeah. make sure that you integrate slowly and um, don't assume with grace. Just don't right. assume. Okay. Yeah. So then we moved on to Atticus. And he is the one that I expected the most challenge with because he can be um, quite studdish in his behavior, meaning like stallion tendencies. He thinks he's kind of the man and Grace has had to school him on that pretty hard (laughs) because um, she's in charge and she doesn't want him to think that he's too big for his britches kind of thing. And he can start to use his power in really immature dominant ways, speaking of that role. But he's also super duper duper attached to Grace and um, like very codependent. (laughs) This is funny. It's so fun to hear their characters. I'm Mm -hmm. really enjoying it. Oh, I'm so glad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was actually one of the things that you shared, Karen, as you were going through them and connecting to each of their spirits that you were, you were blown away and you laughed a few different moments because they're so very different. Our horses are so very different. There's hardly any, I mean, there's commonality because of their, their beings and their, you know, all the basics, but there's not a lot of similarity between who they are in their being. Um, and actually, when you look at them, they're, they're vastly different colors as well. So I like to joke that they're like the United Nations herd. You know? <laughs> That's really cute. <laughs> right. It was super fun to hear your enjoyment and your humor coming through of understanding that as you were channeling them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful to hear their characters. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So with Atticus, uh, it was really fun because your first thing you started talking to me about with him was how this experience is going to be really good for him because it's going to help him individuate from grace. Okay. And Mm. again, not something I was expecting. um, And that was, it was actually one of the most green light affirmations of like, yes, you should do this, Mm. Carmen for that because with grace and flurry it was like it could be really good it could be really bad and with atticus it was like yes there's some things to be aware of um but this is a really important piece for his soul contract right what a good mother yeah that's awesome and that's so amazing that you pick that up and that you value that that you hear it like I and I hope Mm -hmm. well I don't give a shit if people are offended by this this is fine I'm comparing children with your animals here because of some very obvious reasons like you're hearing messages and asking fantastic questions about how to be there and support the growth of your herd Mm -hmm. 
And we have so many moms who come in and ask the question, is my kid going to be okay? Is my kid going to be successful? Is my kid going to marry? Is my kid going to have children? Mm -hmm. And it's like, they don't ask the questions about the actual well-being. Mm -hmm. They don't ask about what are their biggest life lessons and how can I support them? Mm -hmm. Now we have some exceptional clients who do ask those questions, especially having listened to the podcast for so many years, but you're walking in actually saying, what's in their best interest for their soul contract? What do I need to look out for? And then how can I support it? Mm -hmm. And I just, I just think that's the best kind of mother or nurturing energy because fathers are fully capable of this as well um out there mm-hmm. thank you yeah how lucky are, is this united nations <laughs> right. to be governed by this matriarch carmen mm-hmm. are you considering the actual united nations by chance <laughs> would you <laughs> well and how lucky for me that i get the two of you in my life as friends and as someone I can turn to professionally to connect with Mm. Um, because I I believe I could make some really great decisions in my life without you but gosh is it ever so much nicer and easier and more healing with you so thank you such a gift to have you you in my life that way thank you you're welcome Mm -hmm. so um a couple of other fun things that came up uh as um, I'm going to jump back over to Flurry for a second because I forgot to mention this. Spring came through with his session. You're talking about Flurry, and then you said, Oh, and Spring's here, and she's going to help him with these changes and this and that. Well, that was so fun because the stall that's the bigger area where he can move around and touch noses with whoever he wants to, that would be the change for him or part of the change, is where Spring used to live. so that was a really nice add-on for me yeah (laughs) so are you is this the biggest stall yes and it was given to the smallest horse with the biggest personality yes I'm understanding the big personality I'm just trying to clarify for people that visual that you have a 17 hand horse and a smaller stall (laughs) right because you said Grace is a 17 hand horse. That's right. Yeah. I thought it was three hand. Oh, I thought you said 17 hand. 17, three, 17. So 17 hands and three inches, I believe it is. Right. Because you were right. Yeah. Both of you. Excuse me. I think I remember in a prior show, Carmen, where I asked you what that meant. And you said that's how they measured how high a horse is by the size of a uh, um, I, I wouldn't say my hand because it's small. <laughs> Grace might be a 25 <laughs> horse, but they measured them with the hands, right? Correct. Yeah, that's where the original measurement came from. And now um, I'm, I'm not going to get this bang on, but it's more or less one inch per number. And there's four of them per hand. So mm-hmm. 17, one, two, three, and then 17, four is actually 18 hands, Okay, which is massive. And that big area where spring was and where Flurry was heading um, wasn't ever intended to actually be a stall. Oh, <laughs> so that's okay. part of the reason. Right. But we've realized through our experience in the barn and kind of maneuvering different ways that we could use the space that it's worked out super well that way. Um, but just very unexpectedly. <laughs> I hope yeah. that was a good story. <laughs> It was. How that well, came it, about. It was, 
because we took on spring because we oh, rescued her right. and we needed to figure out a way to have her on the farm and that was what worked so yeah I'm grateful to her so it's really neat that she was part of our um, transition team with the herd and that yeah. she was there specifically for flurry but also for everybody and it was really nice to hear from her that you brought her up out of nowhere um yeah so did she have an opinion on um peyote yes it seems like every horse you spoke to everyone all the spirits it was like they they knew that this was a really um high likelihood of of an event to occur and okay. that if it did occur it was still up to me whether or not it did um, but there were all these potential huge benefits of it happening, but with some risk factors and red flags to pay attention to along the way. So one of the things that I was able to get from our time together was that, um, and he said this a few different ways for the different horses, because I would ask a question like, well, how can I support them to do that or to adjust to this change? And the answer that kept coming through was, I'm doing everything already. And the behavior is good. So really, it's not up to you at this point. Keep, make sure you keep doing what you're doing. Um, but ultimately, it's up to them. So it's up to me to figure out the best ways to support the situation in that moment and follow my instincts and all this stuff. But whether or not it turns out is really in their hands or hooves. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Which is another good learning for me. Um, another moment of accepting that I only have so much of a role to play in people's experiences or horses' experiences. And I can do everything possible on my end, but ultimately it's not all on me, which is great. Oh my God, Carmen, life lesson. Life lesson. The, yeah. One of the most beautiful reasons. I mean, we love you for so many reasons. But one of the beautiful reasons why we ask you to come on and, and speak, because you will pull those things out and you don't necessarily say, oh, in newsflash people, here's the life lesson. No, that's you, my job. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. That's what she gets paid for. <laughs> By whom? I know. That's why I'm joking. I'm saying it. But you, you, it, it just is naturally part of the story and how you speak. And it's, it's beautiful because that makes you an amazing storyteller and teacher. Yeah. And teacher and, and really storyteller slash teacher best combo. And, and it is what you've chosen to do. One of the things that you've chosen to do with your life in helping people heal with horses, right. And with your courses and your knowledge. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Just, just highlighting it. I love Thank that we you. only have people on the show that we have crushes on. <laughs> You're all right. Because I'm sitting with the, with the producer and she's sitting with the, with the creative director. <laughs> well, we thank are. <laughs> So yes, we are going to like everybody on the show. <laughs> I love it. Excuse me. Another fun um, thing that came through is the three pigs came through. So for your listeners. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> um, so a little uh, potential trigger warning for your listeners that 
Um, this involves a story of raising animals for uh, slaughter because we were raising three pigs this summer um, to eat. And this is the first time that we had that kind of farming here. And it was a very important and very difficult decision and experience and really wonderful all at the same time. Aquila raised these three piglets and uh, I'll say also, I used to be vegetarian for 11 years. So I really take eating meat very seriously and I have ethical dilemmas around it, but I've decided in the last chunk of my life to eat meat, partly because of my nutritional needs. I work super hard as a farrier and my muscles uh, were not doing as well on my vegetarian diet, even though I was getting support and help and making sure that I was getting what I technically needed. Right. I was just craving meat. So I decided to le learn from my body. Right. So I wanted to share that with your listeners because um, I don't want it to seem like we just, uh, you know, raise animals and eat them and, and I eat meat just without thinking about it. And not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but for me personally, um, it's been a real journey in my life to figure out what's right for me and what's not right for me. Um, and so coming to the decision of actually raising them and butchering them on the farm, Aquila did it himself here um, with a friend so that it was the most ethical, quick, pain-free death possible. Um, I actually feel better about eating these pigs than I have ever felt about eating any meat. Um, and it was there was not even a squeal. I'll just say that. Like it, they were so, it was so quick, so, so painless. It was, it was wonderful. Well, and you also gave them such a beautiful life mm -hmm. being yeah. so nurtured and so respected uh, in their, their home environment too, that, that the way that they lived, I'm sure contributes mm -hmm. to hopefully it's okay to say the quality of, of their, their meat once they're, they're butchered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we ingest, as meat eaters, uh, everything they experienced. Mm -hmm. So whatever stresses and, you know, fears they might have had, that's going into our system. So it feels so much better to be eating really, really happy animals um, that we had relationships with. And I was actually terrified. <laughs> to ask you about them <laughs> the first oh. time that we had a session after we let them uh, after we went through this process because I was I was you know I maybe that was not part of their soul contract maybe maybe we we're supposed to keep them and I was supposed to decide to be vegetarian like I don't know it was there was a right. lot of internal strife so um it wasn't this call about our herd but in a call before you actually brought them in uh, oh. or they came in and you channeled them and it was such wonderful, positive messages. So oh, that's good. Relief. <laughs> yeah. So to hear from them again um, during this session with you talking about our herd, it was really cool because they came in to say, okay, we're the three pigs and we're going to support the three horses who are right here <laughs> because cute. we know what it's like to be a herd of three or a group of three. Oh. and we really love the farm and we appreciate you guys and we're here to support the transition wow that's lovely yeah that is very nice yeah what a good feeling in your heart eh super good yeah 
And, and, I, and Carmen, really, like I think about so many different people that would be listening to this that understand how lovely it is to have a good feeling in your heart to hear all of that. And then I think of the people on this planet that are not nice people that are mean or narcissistic, malignant or whatever, um, that don't understand the type of empathy that you're talking about, that don't understand connection, that don't understand being respectful of the fact that Quee walks into a barn to say to Flurry, here's an image. I would like you to receive the image and I want to see what your response is. I care. And that, you know, all of the animals past, past the pigs and present um, are considered in the decisions that you make with kindness and with love, with yeah. awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it feels so much better to do it that way. I know it's really hard sometimes and it makes life technically more complicated if we're looking at it from a very different angle, but it's life is just so much better feeling and healthier and happier when we can really connect to those around us and actually create meaningful moments of growth and healing together. I, I really believe that our community is not just who's living next door. It's everything, everyone, the land, the animals, um, and of course, our, our friends and companions on two legs as well. So to learn how to do that better and better with all of us being each other's mirrors and teachers and having wonderful people again, like the two of you to kind of give the affirmations and give the butt kickings that we need along the way. Mm -hmm. It's really important. It's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we went through those three and at the end, um, we just had a couple of minutes left and I didn't want to pull one, a quick one of like, well, in the last two minutes, Karen, because I've heard the stories and I don't want to be that client. Thank you. And yet you. I also, my pleasure, but I also wanted to ask and see if there was an opportunity to ask peyote, because by this point you'd gone through all the three here and it was a clear up to you could be good, could be bad. You might have to say it's not working out, but, you're doing what you need to do. So it's like, okay. So I asked you, is there a time to check in with peyote? If not, we can book another time. And you checked in and said, yep. And you had a little connection with peyote or a big connection. I want to, I don't want to put a amount on that. Um, and it was so lovely to hear from her. She came through with this soft energy, really wanting to be part of the farm, really wanting to be part of the herd, but also aware that if it wasn't wanted by the horses, she didn't want it because she wanted to feel accepted into a family yeah. and how she was aware of how difficult that can be. Yeah. So you offered her to say, why don't you reach out in particular to Grace spiritually before coming and mm -hmm. say grace may i approach and if she gave her permission then say may i approach the other horses and then grace could give her permission for her to then connect right. spiritually to atticus and spiritually to flurry yeah right and it was just lovely to hear about that softness and that um wanting from her 
that was a real affirmation for me too, that this is a nice horse to be potentially going on this road with. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say for the listeners, she's four years old, which is quite young for a horse. She's technically not considered a mare. She's still a filly. So she's kind of still in her um, younger stage of life. And um, she hasn't had a lot of training. She hasn't had a lot of um, things done with her. So she's, she's, uh, well, I'll, I'll just leave it there, but who knows what that being is. And I've never actually met her in person. So really that two minutes with you of getting that essence, getting that sense of her being aside from my own, just looking at a picture and my, my own intuitions, which I'm valuing as well, but it was so affirming and so wonderful to hear what you were able to communicate just in that two minute slot of giving that kind of feeling of her presence. So we hung up the call and I, that afternoon spoke to the owner of peyote um and we decided okay it's it's going to happen she's going to let me know when it feels right and we thought maybe in a month or something like that well she calls me very soon after that and says actually can it be this weekend (laughs) oh my god okay and I said, okay, let's see what happens. Let's make this happen. I have a good feeling about it. I have awareness about things to keep in mind and keep watch on. And she arrived with uh, quite a bit of trepidation and concern, but still with this sense of appreciation of being here. It was really neat. And uh, I forgot to mention, as I was talking with the owner, she told me how, I think it probably would have been around the time that you and I were having our conversation, that Peyote was at the farm where she used to live, looking north and separating herself from the other horses. And it's something she didn't usually do. She wouldn't really be around with the other horses or without the other horses, she'd stay within the herd. But she was like, she kind of was going, okay, I think I'm leaving. And then she was just locked on to the north direction, which is toward my farm. What the? fuck eh like <laughs> oh man I want to be a horse in another life like jeez, that ability to just feel and know and not ignore it's the yeah, not so big. yeah it's the not ignoring because the church said no I'm not going to ignore it because society will think this of me <clears throat> that whole thing about that I don't need to ignore for all of this, for all these people, these groups, these reasons, it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's, I'm just in awe of it. <laughs> Me too. Every day. And that they really are such fantastic teachers for me for that reason Uh, partly because my job as a farrier is to be working so closely with them physically that if I start to ignore my feelings my intuitions my direction shifts internally boy does that put me in physical danger right wow right so Hmm. you know aside from them being these incredible spiritual emotional teachers they're also incredibly powerful dangerous animals when we're in the wrong place at the wrong time when they're traumatized when they're fearful whatever it is so and especially when i have their leg between mine (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's uh, I talk about ass kickings. I've had lots. <laughs> Oh, physically, yeah. <laughs> physically, yeah, physically. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm being trained by them all the time. And I'm so glad that it's going that direction instead of the other way. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, God, Carmen. I still get that. Man, I can relate. But just in my head, when you're talking about that, I think about the spirit world saying, listen to us, not to the humans. Yeah. So you're, and I don't mean this to be rude, but I, I, I can see how it's horses for you and, and also spirit world and that it's the spirit guides for me, for Kelly, or I won't speak for Kelly, but I'd like to, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bang on Carrie. Trying to exactly. do the same job. I know we do. I just didn't want to mother you in the moment. It's okay. <laughs> You're a grown woman. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So peyote arrives, um, she, we, she gets brought into the paddock. She has, she's a really calm um, energy once she gets into the paddock. It's like she's bringing forth that may I energy that you were describing for mm. her. And over the next several days, um, we, in, we have her with uh, Flurry at the beginning who ends up being just the most amazing ambassador. And he just completely opened his heart to change. I mean, he goes into that middle section. He's like, I'm doing it. And he just like embraces it all with this enthusiasm. And I've never seen him happier since peyote's arrived. And actually since the day before, since we moved him into that other stall and made these decisions, because it was only over a couple of days that all this happened. Um, he's just beaming <laughs> and he's been able to w- go with the flow of these changes to the point of him really leading the whole herd uh, in an in a peaceful energy um, even though he's not actually leading them as far as a hierarchy is concerned he's mm-hmm. just setting the energetic tone of acceptance of openness of enthusiasm of going around to touch their different noses to say I'm checking in I'm checking in oh. I'm checking in and it's so lovely and not in this like nervous way so, in such a sweet calm loving way and it's beautiful to watch him embodying this new stage of his life this new chapter mm-hmm. that's cool yeah i think about when you say that carmen i think was related to how humans could choose can choose to respond just like you're saying he's flurry's choosing it and then it's within his heart to match what's going on in his mind and then it's displayed fully for everyone to see because it's authentic yeah absolutely just like i don't know that's just it's that's beauty to me yeah me too mm-hmm. I could watch that all day it's why we're <laughs> friends <laughs> we have the same we have the same definition of beauty yay yeah <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah with grace um I definitely felt her energy shift when peyote came in a way that I haven't felt it in many years with her since I first mm. got her and I felt that like armored up ready to have a pushiness and a dominant side of her that she doesn't 
feel the need to bring forth very often or hardly at all anymore. So, I mean, anymore up to the point of this new horse coming. So again, I was just that much more grateful for the insights and the blind mm. awareness that you offered. Right. And um, because of that, I made sure to just have Peyote and Flurry together for a little while and Grace and Atticus stayed together for a little while. Um, Atticus, even though he was matched with Grace, who he's been so codependent with and so attached to for years now, as soon as Peyote comes onto the farm, I see his individuation process starting to take place. Partly because he's so enamored with Peyote, because again, he's like the stallion who thinks he's the man. Um, And it's this pretty little girl who shows up. (laughs) Um, But it's also really part of his journey of like, he'd check in with Grace, but then be like, yeah, but I want to be over here. And that was really good for him to, to start pulling that apart. Um, and just seeing his, his other sides being massaged. Mm. So when we put the two herds together, um, this was maybe, I can't exactly remember the timeline now, but a little while after things had settled down and they were in their two groups of two. And I said, okay, let's, let's time. It's time. It's time to see what happens when we integrate them. And peyote was just as I envisioned it as you were speaking about her connecting spiritually to grace she Mm -hmm. um because she was a little bit bossy with flurry she's she's got a bit of a fiery personality herself even with though she's young and she's also got this timidness and all this stuff but flurry was a horse that she could kind of feel a little bit more empowered with because she could go I can tell you to go where I want you to go and he's like well I'm not going to fight you on it so okay he's not like afraid but she's just he's like okay you want to do that you can do that (laughs) so I was a bit concerned that she might bring that to the energy with Grace and Atticus and they are a much different kind of horse than Flurry obviously we've talked about this over the show but um, they could also become um, aggressive right if she were to bring that Mm -hmm. pushiness and she walks over to Grace with this ultra soft slow little baby step process pausing checking in pausing doesn't actually go too close kind of stops at a distance and then decides okay I'm going to now go introduce myself to Atticus so as if she were to have Mm -hmm. received the message Grace said that's close enough I'm accepting you enough you can go talk to somebody else now and so she went over and started interacting with Atticus also very respectfully very calmly with that may I energy and uh, and then her and Atticus started spending more time together and after they spent some time together then she approached Grace all the way and they touched noses for the first time and it was very soft very peaceful so that was so beautiful to witness As the day progressed, and as the next day progressed as well, Atticus, as I anticipated as well, as I expected before the talk with you, um, started to get a little bit too big for his britches. So (laughs) Peyote thinks Atticus is pretty hot stuff, but maybe a little bit too intense. So he started getting a little bit too intense with her. And that's where Grace finally took the armor off. And was like, okay, come here, little one. I will protect you. <laughs> and she's completely taken her under her wing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And got into wow. some pretty big arguments with Atticus to say, back the fuck off, buddy. Mm-hmm. Mind your manners. 
um, she's with me, she deserves respect, and this is how it's going to go. So Grace stepped into her healthy use of the dominant role, her healthy empowerment, and opened her heart up to this new horse. I want to cry. I know, me too. <laughs> wow. Like, I just, I, I'm sorry, I've interrupted you, Carmen, go on. Please go ahead. I love it. Go for it. Oh, I just want to cry because I just think about, you know, the same type of situation where we have those opportunities as bosses, um, where we have that those opportunities in schools, um, in, in social groups, um, in families. You know, I think of, um, you know, a daughter-in-law coming in or a son-in-law or grandchildren or a new puppy and how we can respond if if we as you're describing if we actually become aware of our potential instead of sitting in what our fear might dictate for us to do and that you're just illustrating this so beautifully for everybody through this through the real life situation with the horses but I'm hoping that the listeners are going to hear all of that and also how does that apply to me as a human Am I a grace? Am I an an atticus? Am I flurry? Um, What do I do when a peyote comes in? How do I respond? The piglets, like, like where spring, like what, what's my behavior? And how could I be better, healthier, pardon me, healthier? Yeah, just a gorgeous story. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We ended up splitting them up again, but this time Grace and Peyote together and Atticus mm. and Flurry together. So boys and girls. I wanted to give Grace a break because she was on yeah. high alert, making sure that Peyote was sticking close um, and that Atticus wasn't overstepping. And Atticus and Flurry get along quite well. So it felt right for this chunk of time We'll see what happens over the next several months or who knows what, but for now it feels good, but that wouldn't have been possible. Like a lot of people who know horses might say, well, of course you just put boys and girls together. But if I had done that at the beginning, there's a really good chance as you so mm. insightfully channeled that Grace may have actually really hurt peyote because at the beginning she wasn't ready. She needed that time with her herd with peyote aside and then just with Atticus and then slow integration so that Grace could step into this role of really mother again for peyote. The way that she treats her, just the two of them is still very motherly. Um, and she's kind of teaching her life lessons along the way and mm -hmm. asking her to mind her manners, but in this perfect power dial sort of way of like, I only yeah. need to use this much with you for you to get the message. Then we can come back together and share hay together. So She's just the perfect force and energy with peyote. But again, that couldn't have happened without the important insights of how to do the progress slowly. Um, and with Atticus, it's also part of his individuation to be separated from both the girls yeah. and have this opportunity with all of them apart. And for Flurry to be experiencing so much change of different yeah you know, herds all together and apart and these two together, then he's with that one. And so for Flurry, it's been such a great piece of his soul contract being met as well. So it's, you know, to just go through all three of them to hear what their um, most important learnings were to be through this process, and then to have the privilege of watching that play out, right. knowing 
that my role was already being done, that there wasn't this massive thing that I need to do. It was just to be there supporting, <clears throat> being who I am with them and knowing that it's really not up to me and to just have the freedom to witness it and deal with it, whatever, whatever's coming up. Um, was huge, such a gift and, uh, and turning out really well. So I'm so glad that Peyote is here. I'm so glad that the herds are learning what they're needing to from each other, from me, me from them. Um, it's a real blessing to have Peyote be part of this next chapter of all of our lives. Mm -hmm. And Fun little aside, she's a paint horse, meaning she's got, uh, she's a white horse with brown spots. So another very differently colored horse, another very oh. different personality, <laughs> another <laughs> member of the United Nations. <laughs> right. And isn't it funny, Carmen, that you have a new member of the United Nations and how important it is to figure out, to observe how it's going to affect everybody else how it's going to change all of those different dynamics and that it doesn't have to all be a shit show that it can be done beautifully that different groups like how you're just saying okay there's a shift so we can split these two and they can go off and learn and do things together and that's going to benefit everybody it's just all of it it's just constantly showing um i think so many of the universal laws, like accountability, responsibility, perfection, um, process, trust, wisdom. There are so many of the universal laws. I, I would love to take your whole story of everything that you've been experiencing and just show where each of the universal laws is playing out and you how know, beautifully. You know that we can do that. We could just put little things up along the podcast oh. that say, this is the universal law process. Like we have that control. The editors. Really cool. It's like icing on chocolate cake with a strawberry on top for me. Makes me okay. want to go to orchards now and get one. I should have <laughs> brought that up, but it's birthday month. We can do that. Yeah. Right. It is birthday month. What a great idea. Mm -hmm. I hope you get a piece of cake where you're living too <laughs> and, and giving whatever the horses get as a little treat. I don't know what that would be because, well, I just don't know, but I hope they get their little treat. Carmen, I know I was telling you this, but I was obsessed with uh, the show secretary of um, Madam secretary for a long time. And I know you haven't got into it, but oh my goodness, the, the woman who plays this, this role, she's just, um, full of empathy and full mm. of good consciousness and mm. her husband is an ethical director mm. and and I just I cried a lot during the show just because of how they choose to govern and how they really mm. confront um some very unhealthy practices and when she was you, you know you mentioned the United Nations and she deals with this convening people in the United Nations and uh, and NATO mm. and I just think you should, you should run for government. That's where I'm going. You should, should be in charge of all these people and knowing how to welcome them and knowing the culture and knowing how to facilitate beautiful change and collaboration. Yeah. I, I think in case you need a harder job. Right. I'm, I'm so <laughs> proud of you. 
I am so proud of Aquila. Mm -hmm. Like when you told me the story of Aquila approaching Flurry, my heart, my heart, like what, what a, what a man. Yeah. I was just going to say there, there's a man. A hundred percent. That's a man. And how the two, the two of you as parents on this firm to some degree, because I understand Grace's parenting too, but how you see. As does the oldest child. Kelly had to get that yeah. in there. That's true, right? That is Super true. Um, that you guys, that that both of you, um, very much have owl energy. Very much do look for the blind spots and look to and and once they're presented, you don't ignore them. That's another thing. So very often in our lives, we do or we can be aware of someone's blind spot, and we exploit it. We shame them. We use it as a form of control over them. Now that's, you know, that's very much into the narcissism, of course, but you, you just show with Aquila so beautifully what can be done when we don't value narcissism, when we value the ethical part of life and how healing it is, how emotionally intelligent it is with each other as human beings, but inclusive of nature, inclusive of uh, horses, dogs, cats, everything, all of it. And that it's doable to live our lives that way. Some people think it's too hard. It's too much. It's not. It, it, it's actually, as you're saying, it's actually easier because if we think about what you guys could actually all be going through, if none of you chose to do any of these things, that you could have all of these fights and peyote could be making me, you know, arrangements could be, you got to get her back to, or to another farm. There could have been fights and injuries. There could have been, and, and yet all of that drama is what some people choose. And so what you're, you perfectly, beautifully, kindly illustrated for people today is what happens when you consciously choose. And, and Aquila, as far as I know of, of your beautiful husband, is that he purposely takes time to think through those things in all aspects of his life. This isn't just a one-off. This is how both of you choose to live. Thank you. And yes, I really give him credit for that as well. And I don't want it to seem to listeners like we're always getting it right or we're perfect by any stretch, but that's part of it, right? That's part of the learning and just being open to making mistakes and learning from them and trying our very best not to make the same ones again. And yeah. And, and the universal law of perfection is never about getting it right. Yes, exactly. It, that isn't even the, the universal law. It might be what our cultures are trying to tell us in social media and stuff like that, but, it, but it's not. And your story really highlights it just so beautifully and so detailed. Hmm. So well narrated. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I, I can hardly wait for this podcast to come out so that I can listen to it in the evening. This will be my thing. Like I, I've, I've been trying to pick things before I go to bed at night instead of researching the 10 kinds of narcissists. Karen really right, knows how to relax. Right before bed for sips of sanity. I've been like, okay, maybe I need a, a Canadian. Maybe I need a little softness before I go to bed. Maybe I need a gentle horse story. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So now I will have Carmen and Peyote's story and 
all your whole family, hmm. mm-hmm. including the three pigs and flurry, or uh, pardon me, spring. That's right. Yes, yeah. and I love the fact too that all of these beautiful animals that have crossed over are still part of family. And I think this is so much why Kelly and I, as mediums, it's one of our purposes in having a podcast series is to say that all of our humans and all of our pets and plants and everything that we value is part of our family, including when they've crossed over, they still are. Yes. Yeah. They really are. And it's, it's been, um, again, just a real gift to get the affirmations there so that I can lean more and more into that knowing that I have when I am in moments where I feel them so that I can trust my own experiences when I'm not with you guys, because getting the affirmations when I am in session with you is just holding up that, Mm. that strength I need in that moment to counteract all the other unhealthy beliefs that society and family and time has put contagiously into my mind that all of those moments where I actually feel them around it's it's me making it up so it's so wonderful to have again affirmations to say no it's real you can mm-hmm. believe it you can trust it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can val- really appreciate that comment Carmen um, because even though I uh, both Kelly and I do this all day every day for a living um, I still want to go up to Kelly and say, can I have a yes or a no, please? And she'll say, oh, um, it's a no. And that sucks. Or, oh, and that has, and she'll give relevance to it that has to do with what I'm asking about. And she has no idea what I'm asking about, but it could have to do, be, do with something that I said in a session where I'm concerned and hope that the accuracy whether it's a good message or not a good message is there. And so I get it that you, that we all want the, 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 the affirmation. Mm-hmm. Can I share one funny little tidbit about the situation before we wrap up? Mm-hmm. So peyote for those who may not know um, is also the name of a drug that is used in certain indigenous cultures to go on um, visionary trips, uh, drug-induced visionary trips to kind of, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to give too much information because I don't want to misrepresent all the layers of it, um, but it's something to help people get some clarity about life and, you know, different inspirations. So there's lots of reasons I think people do it. Um, sometimes it can, be, it can be kind of westernized. Some people actually go down to Central America or South America to go on a peyote trip with shamans, um, but I, I know it is rooted in some really um, important indigenous <clears throat> culture there well I don't do drugs <laughs> um, but I find it very funny and Aquila and I have been joking how peyote is here and we're kind of going on a peyote trip <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> yeah right that's, that's very cute yeah. and I mentioned this to you in the session at the end oh. and um, you said 
yes, you are. He says, and you said, but you've already done it. You've done, you've, you've been on many peyote trips with three pigs, with spring, with all these people or beings in your life. And I just loved that connection you made of how, I think when we really open ourselves up to embracing the learning and the lessons with any being, that that can be a really important trip if we let it in our life and we never know how long they're going to stay with us I don't actually know it's the intention is a couple of years for peyote to be here that could change on either direction the horses who are living here for their whole life that could be any length of time Um, so it's just I really loved how you brought it to that place Mm -hmm. yeah that's very cool thank you for letting me be a part of this Mm -hmm. me too all over again (laughs) (laughs) I sincerely mean that yeah Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing this story Carmen I look forward to someday reading a book that you write I was thinking about the whole time oh I was like you can't keep giving her careers I can't keep giving her (laughs) jobs I will then okay (laughs) Carmen you're going to write no just write a book okay yeah you're a beautiful storyteller Mm -hmm. so I don't know if it will be written if there will be art or if it will always be that you are um uh uh, what do you call it I don't want to say is it just verbal like oral oral thank you an oral storyteller but it's beautiful and I hope that you embrace this career (laughs) even more and and, um practice on us (laughs) okay is that good that turns selfish real quick (laughs) selfish but I'm doing this on behalf of our listeners too so you're welcome please well it's a selfish indulgence for me too that sounds like a fun time that's that's good yes thank you for your time um and I'll say too the vulnerability of of just sharing Mm -hmm. a personal story like that as well I I very much appreciate that and I know our Mm -hmm. listeners always look forward to our horse stories in particular Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you for for indulging them Mm -hmm. thank you it's an absolute pleasure thank you take care take care bye Bye bye-bye if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at No matter where you've tuned in from, thank you for joining us. Please make sure to subscribe and join us next Saturday for a brand new show.